It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up with two summer league games in the books, we break down the performances of first-round pick Noah Clowney, surprising Jalen Wilson, and also take a look at a couple other names like Kennedy Chandler, Armani Brooks, all the guys you knew would step up in a big way right down to whether or not David Duke Jr. is doing enough to stick around with the Brooklyn Nets. We dive in, coming up next. You are locked on Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. You are locked on Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Your team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Ah, yes, my friends. It is a Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie. He's the owner-operator of DFSR. For all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel, he's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrick breaking down your New Jersey Devils and the Devils Puck Luck podcast with Danny McDonough. We thank you for making us your first listen today. We are free on all those great platforms. And Doug, Vegas, baby, Summer League, the kind of performances that will define careers for generations to come. Jalen Wilson, Noah Clowney, all, all the guys we're going to break down here. But how have you been enjoying the first couple of games from Vegas? Yeah, look, summer league in general is fun. Like this is a pretty high profile one with the with Minyama, like the other guys, Miller. I know Scoot uh, twisted the ankle, so he's going to be out. But like in general, this has been as high profile a summer league as you get. The Nets games don't live up to the same sort of like uh, buzz, but that's all right because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, it's just fun to have Nets basketball. Start dreaming on some of the guys that we're seeing here and thinking about who might be in a Nets uniform longer than just the time in Vegas. And, I mean, we're going to start off with them, but it's clearly they have something here with Jalen Wilson who has really, really impressed. Yeah, and that it's, you know, it's funny. Obviously, Jareek Whitehead with the injury, he's not going to be down there in the summer league. He may not be ready for the beginning of the season. We'll have to wait and see on his timeline recovering from that. And then the other first-round pick, Noah Clowney, we'll discuss, obviously, in the second segment, a young player and, and one that has a longer road to being a contributor for the Brooklyn Nets. Jalen Wilson, you know, we said at the time when he was drafted in the second round uh, just a, what, a couple weeks ago now for the Brooklyn Nets, hey, this is a kid who is on the older side. Now, the hope there is that you're taking a chance on someone that, it, that you would like to be closer to NBA ready to contribute because otherwise you're only one or two seasons away from saying this 24, soon to be 25-year-old is, is aging out of our program pretty quickly. Thankfully, He's lived up to it. Uh, game number one for him, a little shaky to start, as I think everybody that was on the court had some nerves and just first time getting into basketball, right? And as it went on over these last two games, I think we've seen all of the elements that he showed in his final collegiate season where he's able to get downhill at the basket. He's able to do some nice things defensively. Perimeter shot is there. What is your sense of him before with every one of these players? We're going to talk about what we liked over these couple of games and then where we think they are in the hierarchy of the Brooklyn Nets organization. 
Yeah, so with Wilson, the hope here was that he was going to be sort of like NBA ready, knowing that when you get a guy down, the, when you take a guy like lower in the second round like this, you're hoping that either it's NBA ready without tons of upside or you're just like going strictly shooting upside because maybe they fell in the draft for like a variety of reasons. Wilson falls into the, the former category where you're like, okay, player of the year for Kansas, um, is he going to be NBA ready? I think that like the athleticism does not pop off the page, but the IQ does. He made a ton of really, really nice plays in here that like in this game specifically against the Knicks, he did it to some degree against the Cavs also, that showed you that the IQ is there and he's also able – like he's able to make up for lack of athleticism with body control with smarts around the basket. I mean, we can go into a couple of these things. I know the points are going to stick out to people uh, for sure. Yeah. Cause he drops 18 against the next five of 10 for shooting uh, three from four from beyond the arc. That's nice. Got to the line six times, but I have to tell you the thing that I thought was like sort of the most impressive about him was that there were a couple of times where he got into the lane where he was able to make interior reads out yep. to open shooters which I'll tell you, if you watch enough summer league, that's like not the default setting for these guys. Usually, yeah. <laughs> right? Like the default setting is, Hey, I'm close to the basket. It's go time. And I get it. Why? Like you want it. You're there to make baskets and you want to impress that, that Wilson was able to make the right reads. And like, he should have had more assists too, because there was a clowny shot that went in that ended up not counting. Cause it was an offensive foul. And there was a couple other open shooters that he just, they just didn't make their shots. That is a really good sign for a guy who's definitely not going to be jumping out of the gym or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But from an IQ level, at least I wouldn't be shocked to see him pretty early in the season here for the nets. And definitely by the later, later like end of the season. Cause I just think he just has the size strength and sort of IQ to get there. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. You bring up a really good point. I think you see it on individual players, not across the entire board here for the Nets in the Summer League. But even in game number one, when the Nets weren't hitting a single shot against the Cavs, it was noted on the broadcast covering Summer League, and I did realize it as you watch a little more intently. Like, the 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 function of the offense specifically, it was predicated on ball movement and trying to find the open shooters and make the right passes. Usually, and we're actually going to talk about some samples of this in the second segment, it does come down to kind of individual performances in summer league and especially offensive ones because that's what you're trying to do. Show that you can go do this thing for an NBA-level team, whether it's, by the way, for the Nets organization or anybody else that's watching because what's also happening there is every team is scouting everybody else's players and, and seeing how things shake out. So I, I think, well, I don't think, I know, like I agree with you. On the two-way contract, by the way, about five days ago, Nets gave Jalen Wilson that, that two-way contract. It's one of two that they've given out so far. We'll speculate on the third one here uh, later in the show as well. I, I, the other reason I think that he gets a chance with the Nets is based on his size, his skill set, his position, and the fact that the Nets need players. <laughs> like yeah. He fills into an area, skill set and size-wise, that the Nets just absolutely need. And when you look at their depth chart right now, it's kind of really easy to see how he can get into that role potentially. Yeah. And at six, eight, two he's going to be able to hold up against like modern day fours. Yep. Not probably doesn't have it in him to play small ball five. I don't think, um, but maybe, but probably not. Um, but in general though, again, what you're hoping for is sort of like at that age in that age range or that age bracket that he's coming in at is like, you have to be kind of just ready here. And, and, it, what's good for him too is like unlike let's say Clowney who we're going to talk about too like the body is NBA ready too right so sometimes with the younger guys with just four years of being able to fill out four more years of the weight room four more years of just like sort of strict diet and stuff like that that you are going to get at the collegiate level 
and being able to turn the corner in his in his senior season, which he clearly did from just like a scoring and development standpoint, you are like this is the hope, right? It's like the, and basically all you're hoping in summer league is to have it look just under control and pretty cerebral and have the rest of the like the physical stuff be able to hold up on the NBA level with these other guys. Like he was able to get on the boards plenty, right? So these other things that I think we could have been pretty confident that was going to be there just because again, when you're this age coming out of college, I think you are kind of a known quantity at that point. Yeah. But there still just has to be enough to get you over that last little hump, right? Because summer league is not the NBA. And at that point in the summer league, you kind of do have to show out a little bit because you just have to stand out, right? Like, like there's just like you, if you don't stand out summer league, it's going to be really tough in this age bracket to make it. And like, I think for Wilson's standpoint, great news. Nets fans, like he did, like he did every, he checked every box that you would hope to see for a summer league where again, it can also be sometimes hard for kind of wing types who aren't great on ball creators to get theirs because it's going to be like much more guard heavy and much more on ball stuff. And he was still able to. So I think I, it's just really, really positive performance overall. Yeah. And the last note that I have on him is again, when you think about it from a prospect standpoint, we usually talk about second round picks as being just kind of dart throws, but the difference between, cause I had mentioned this last week over on Twitter about how, Hey, if he had, if he had been a year younger, he would have been a first round pick. And somebody asked the question, well, why not the year prior? He could have come out and someone could have taken him. When you go back and compare his stat lines in college, the year prior at Kansas, 21-22, he's only hitting at that point 26% from deep. He's only giving you 11 points per game. It's not until that next year, 34 from beyond the arc, 20-point score, right? So you needed that sample size to prove that you could be that player at the next level. And you can make the case solely based on age is what makes him available in the second round for the Nets. And because of where the Nets are currently, I actually think he fits the timeline to say, hey, you can contribute a bit for us now in the short term, and we'll see if you have any long-term value for us as we rotate things over the next couple of seasons. Coming up here in a second, obviously, the first-round pick, Noah Clowney, the youngest player in the draft. Did he show us enough to understand why Brooklyn took him at 21? All right, before we get to that, we'll tell you about our friends over at a body. If you're picking up burgers or hot dogs for the summer barbecue, you know you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with Abada? Abada gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop. You're going to get cash back. It's that easy. The average Abada user earns $120 per year. You can cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. You can just use the cash back to buy the flight you've been eyeing, uh, the game you've been dying to go to, maybe the fancy dinner that you've been promising yourself right now. Abada is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Abada by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Abada app. Use the code LOCKED. That's Abada, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Download Abada today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Okay, so the other and arguably more high-profile player for the Brooklyn Nets, obviously, in Summer League is Noah Clowney, taken 21st overall by the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously, at the time, you and I talked about him. We speculated about how high was he on other teams' boards relative to where they are and what they're looking to accomplish. The Nets are afforded the ability of time, and, and that's why you take a player like this. In these first two games, I think you understand why Noah Clowney needs time. Now, that's not, that's not a negative. He did a lot of things that you can like. Blocked multiple shots in the second game uh, against the Knicks there. Shows good defensive versatility, switching out, closing out on players, rebounding. He you know, looks like he has a high-energy kind of motor to him. And then also, everything about the offensive game is kind of a wait and see. And there's still nice things in there too, by the way. Like he makes the right passes. He does a good job trying to get out there on the perimeter and set some screens. But it, it, he just feels like a guy, hey, don't get yourself over your skis on him being a part of something in the short term. The Nets took him knowing this is a multiple year project before he's molded into the, the ultimate player they think he can be for them. Yeah, look, we knew coming out of the draft that he was a raw prospect. Uh, that was sort of why we were happy with the pick to some degree. I mean, uh, Clowney wasn't super high on either of our boards, I don't think, for the Nets. But we both understood the pick in the end, like this kind of young hopefully floor spacing switching big like that was the the dream of Clowney. that mm-hmm. is what the kind of guy he's going to be on the court like in his probably best version of himself um it's just going to be it's going to take time and the summer league just showed that this is going to take time i mean if it comes at all but i think it i think it probably will one thing i liked in the first game at least was that he did come out firing he did shoot, put up seven threes in that game I, I like that kind of confidence. It didn't come as much in the second game, mostly because Armani Brooks was like just sort of flamethrowing and uh, Jalen Wilson was just getting to the rim. So I don't know if the opportunities were more. Again, he did make another three and there was an offensive foul. So it's like one of these things where sometimes just one little thing, right? <laughs> being yeah. one for being, being two for three from three in that game, all of a sudden maybe we're talking a little different and he did make that shot. In general, the offensive game has a long way to go uh, for sure, for sure. Like just around the basket stuff did not look all that coordinated. Um, you're hoping, I, I believe the shot will be there. I, I feel pretty confident about that. And from a team that still is going to want to switch everything on defense, he's going to be able to do that. Even if all of the decisions in these first couple games weren't necessarily correct. And that's just okay. Right. So I think like athleticism wise, you saw it. I think confidence-wise, you're probably not feeling too bad about it. Mm -hmm. Offensive-wise, there's not a ton to hold on to here. And for a guy like this in this archetype, it's just going to be tough to really get off awesomely in summer league when we knew that this wasn't – like that we knew this was already kind of far away, right? Because like even the college stuff, even the college stuff didn't really pop on offense either. So I don't know. I'm not this. I'm in no way discouraged by the first two games. I'm. Mean, what do you feel? Do you feel that way? Like, are you discouraged at all? I feel like this is kind of what I expected, honestly. Yeah. No. No. Yes. Exactly. Like, if you had the right expectations coming into it, then you wouldn't be disappointed about these performances. Someone had asked, uh, I think, over on YouTube, where they you know said, "Oh," and he got ended up getting more run in that first game. Like, I haven't seen a lot of them. And we've talked about before in summer league. Like, it's hard to be a big or you know a four or five kind of player and really be able to put together a complete game because it's not what's usually going on. It ends up being very individualized, especially if you get the second, third, and fourth quarters. This is when the offensive guys start to say, hey, watch me take this over and put on a bit of a display. So I think that's going to hold him back as well. But all the little seeds are there. I think the bigger question maybe for me is, and, and it's not to overanalyze two games of Noah Clowney, 
it's more the the philosophical question of okay, he's a really young player coming out of the draft. You have to look at him if you're the Brooklyn Nets and think in two years when he's still just 21 years old, we look at him as having significant upside for us because he doesn't represent any real short-term value. And, and I do look around the first round picks and other names that could have gone to Brooklyn, even specifically with larger players and just say, boy, if you want to dream on someone that could get on the court in their first year, you want somebody that has some defensive versatility, which Clowney does, but then already has that, that perimeter, that little bit of shooting game on the offensive end. Cause then you can think about sticking them out there with Nicholas Claxton for certain stretches. These two players will never be able to play together. And Oh, by the way, they're not the same mold, but I look at Noah Clowney and then I look at Nicholas Claxton and I remind myself, Nicholas Claxton has taken a long time to develop into the player he is today. And he's still incredibly young, right? Like he'd be one of the younger players on the Nets roster in the summer league right now. So that's the way you have to look at Noah Clowney and just see if he can continue to get there. It's going to be, I think, um, for me, not frustrating in a bad way, but it's going to be frustrating to not get that sample size outside of probably the G League for quite a while. Well, and see, here's the thing too, because like, right, so the the idea of drafting these younger guys, right? So because what you can't teach is six ten was a seven two wingspan and insane motor, right. right? And like, so that's why you take the shot on these guys because in the end, there's a, a brand of guy that just also isn't going to last forever on draft boards either because you, again, you can't teach that. Like you can't, yep. you can, you can help mold it and you can help, um, you know, have be have a good player development system to make sure they realize the full potential, but you can't just go and make a guy that's six, five be six ten, Right. And so, the, so when those guys, so when those guys big, are bigger, <laughs> well, right. But I'm saying like, this is why you take upside shots on these guys that are young and hope that you ultimately get there because you're hoping that at some point it all does come around because here's the thing. Like they won't be there. They won't be there later in the draft and they're not going to be there next year. Cause they're going to go now. Cause teams are going to take risks on these guys. These guys right. do not always make it right. Like we've seen this many times, this, this type of guy doesn't always get there, but you do have to take shots on them for once every once in a while, or maybe a lot because when they do get there, you really have something that is going to be hard to just replicate on the open market. Let's say, yep. right. Yep. And I do kind of have faith that, that Clowney will be something here. I, and, but I, and I'm not drawing you know on it from summer it? league stuff here. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. You know, what's funny about it? Cause I will say two years from now, when the draft is happening and you're looking at prospects, this is that will come right back to and say, now remember Noah Clowney is younger than 50%, 60% of the guys that we're talking about in the first round here. Right? right. And here's where his game has grown. The other hard part right now is Noah Clowney is being drafted by the Brooklyn Nets to fit into potentially a very different roster in a couple of years, right? We don't know where the Nets are going to be two years from now. And that's the other hard part about it too. Not that he's going to fit into any version of a roster in this moment, but Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, may or may not be here, right? What's going to happen? Dorian Finney-Smith will not be here by then. Royce O'Neal will not be here by then, right? So the pieces and what the Nets envision Noah Clowney fitting into is also something that you're projecting two and three years down the road. Right. And so, because right, if he does pop, then again, if he pops, you can fit him into any system, no matter who your guy is. Right. Right. Like whatever, like whoever the, your other, your other guys are, this kind of guy with this size, with this length, with the defensive acumen, with his ability to switch. And if he can, and he had the shooting come around, literally every single team needs that guy. 
yep. <laughs> right? Like, like, the, and it doesn't matter where they are in the development. Doesn't matter who they have. It doesn't matter. Every team needs a few of these guys. You definitely need at least one. And that's, I think, I mean, that's just that's what you're hoping for here. And so, I, I didn't see anything to really dissuade me here, but I didn't see anything to just like sort of pop off the page either. Oh, by the way, yes, I will be quietly comparing him to Olivier Maxim's Prosper throughout the oh, journey of seven, his career. Seven point zero. I know. Well, it's funny because his first game, seventeen minutes, seven points, zero rebounds, zero anything else. Again, who cares? Right. It's seven. It's the first seventeen minutes of of uh, of summer league. But right. I'm right with you because I know this is the guy that we talked about. So we'll probably always sort of do this in the back of our own heads, and, and fans out there are going to do that with the guy they had there. Right. Like whether it was Derek or Clowney or whoever you had, I was looking at uh, Podziemski the other day. I know he went before I was like, he had 11 rebounds in his first summer league game. And I was like, I knew it. I knew he could rebound at the (laughs) NBA level. (laughs) Anyway, I was right. I was right the whole time. We will uh, do this. We'll we'll do it all here. Coming up in uh, coming up here in a second, we're going to talk about some other big performances from Kennedy Chandler, from Armani Brooks, and then also dive in to a couple of names that are familiar to Nets fans and Raekwon Gray and David Duke Jr. What did they show in these first two games and how does it impact them going forward with the Nets? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so as always is the case with Summer League, somebody jumps off the page. Someone surprises people. And coming into this, uh, a guy like Kennedy Chandler, this isn't necessarily surprising because he had been drafted by the Spurs, traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, then, then him being straight out released by the Grizzlies. That was the surprising part because they actually owed him a decent chunk of change. So the Nets pick him up. They bring him in. I'm going to point out something about him. Just specifically, I'll use this last game as the example uh, against the Knicks. He had seven and seven assists in that game. And I'm going to make a comparison to a player that has long been on the minds of the Brooklyn Nets, and that's Cam Thomas. And we always talk about how in the summer league, it's not about the full fundamentals of an NBA basketball game. And, you know, what can you really expect Cam Thomas to show you? Well, guess what? Kennedy Chandler came in and made an active decision to show you that he can try to be this all-around player. We'll, We'll talk about whether or not there's any path here with the Nets or not. But you have to at least see him, along with Armani Brooks, by the way, and just go, yeah. These are these guys are going to be NBA level players to whatever extent they get to. Like they were showcasing, I think, an all around game and certainly facets for Armani Brooks um, that NBA teams can like and can see functioning. Yeah, you know, Chandler was a guy we were kind of a little excited about coming into summer league. Talked about him with Jacques Manuel from uh, Brooklyn Buzz a little bit. Thought there was a guy that he could pop in summer league because these guys do usually have paths to do it. Like if you're going to be the on-ball creator, you're just going to have it more. And summer league can like kind of lend itself to, again, a little bit more up and down the court action, uh, a little more transition stuff. And if you have speed and hops like Chandler does, like there was going to be chances for him to – to really show um, I'm hesitant to get too excited about it here for a couple reasons. One, like the size is always going to be a really uphill struggle for him. He's just a smaller guy. He's yeah. for sure athletic. Um, and he for sure has, you know, up out of the gym hops, right? We saw him throw down a couple times in this game where he can really leap. The shooting is not good. And that's always going to be really hard. And I do mm-hmm. wonder 
while I do believe the summer league, I, he showed you, I think just about everything in the summer league here, except for the shooting. But that, but the problem is when the shooting's not there, like you start wondering what you have, right? Yeah. Because like, yep. I don't know the nets have had like, like think about other guys like the nets had like, like Chris Chios and Mike James. I'm not necessarily comparing those guys to him. I, I he's more athletic than both those guys. But again, like undersized point guards who weren't massive threats from deep. It's hard, right? It's hard because the one level up from this, you have to be so elite at the other stuff that I I just I worry that it's easier to look great in summer league on this, and it's a little harder to go. Now that being and, said, I, I'm hoping he lands in Long Island because it's a kind of guy that you like to innings eat during the season and mm-hmm. to maybe develop a little bit more. He's a guy that has a lot of, he has potential, but I think the the flaws in the game, right? I mean, you see it like the flaws. Yeah. I just don't want to overlook that part because if you're a point on ball point card and you can't shoot threes, it's going to be tough. Well, and the funny thing about it is too, and that's why I even said it. Like, I think that he has, he has a future. I, I don't know if it works with the Brooklyn Nets, but you know, other teams, certain teams can take a flyer on a guy like this and he can find a path forward. You talk about the weaknesses, especially even, even beyond the shooting, which is obviously the number one, but even some of the plays, especially in summer league, we talk about this a lot. Hey, listen, you blow by a lot of guys you get at the rim. He does have incredible jumps for a guy that's six foot listed. Oh, yes. You know, I'd be shocked if that was, it was, that was the accurate measurement, but you also saw him get swallowed up inside a, a bunch of times. And if you think about the NBA level, where the guy's playing on the interior and defensively and switching, like that becomes even that much harder there as well. So I think there, there's obviously flaws there. But to your point, if he ended up in, in, in Long Island, I think that's great for the for the Brooklyn Nets, the other players that they want to develop, because you have a guy that can do all these other things. So results oriented to the side, he can set the table, facilitate, right? Work in transition and hopefully give other guys good opportunities to continue to develop. Armani Brooks quickly, the other veteran player. This is a guy who's it's weird. He goes five of 10 from deep in the second game against the Knicks. And you go, well, this guy has an NBA level shot. He played uh, 74 games in his career. The bulk of those uh, with Houston and then a little bit with Toronto, but at the NBA level has never shot his first season with Houston shot 38% from deep after that never cleared 30%. So he, again, he's a guy that, that looks like he's better than G league. This is a summer league quality, but I don't know where he fits in and specifically with the Brooklyn Nets. If you're not going to have the outside shot, hard for me to paint a path for you going forward. Right. I, and I know that we're just to like not skip around here, but I would actually lump Amani Brooks and David Duke jr. Together here. And it's something you just, that yeah, you just do, said, yeah. yep. which you just said, it, and you just defined it, which was better than G league, not good enough for the NBA. Right. Like that's where both these guys are. It's like, they're going to ball out in the G league. David Duke jr. Has done it, did it last year. Right. Was just an absolute bucket in the G league uh, and looks great. And has looked great in multiple summer leagues. Right. And Armani Brooks, as we saw today, even though, you know, the Isaiah Thomas couldn't remember his name, even though he watched him the whole game, um, like the <laughs> and announced the whole game, oh, the, the first um, 46 minutes. I just could not knock down into this guy's name. I, mean, I know the guy next group. to me was saying his name over and over again. But honestly, it's an all time performance from Zeke. But the uh, OK, so this is Continue what we see a lot. Point, right? um, I know. I know your name. I know your name. I know you're the co-host with me. I know. <laughs> This is what we see this a lot, right? It's like, it's just, it's these like tweeners. Uh, it's these guards that are really athletic that can do some things really well. Like, but at some point there's just something that's just not all the way there. Now I, that's the reason I'm sort of putting them together is because 
Brooks, I mean, was an absolute flamethrower in this game. David Duke Jr. came on so strong in the second half, and we've seen it. Like, But we also yeah. have seen what happens at the NBA level when there's multiple minutes, and it's like, oh, it's just not there. Like, getting to the basket is just that much harder, right? Getting a wide-open look from deep is just that much harder when you can't create it for yourself. Like, yep. when all those things get 15 to 20 to 25% harder, it's these guys where it just doesn't get – it just – it doesn't get all the way there. Sometimes it's their size. Like, if David Duke Jr. is – six six instead of six four or whatever then maybe we're having a different conversation mm -hmm. it's like goes back to the clowny thing it's like at some point though it's just it's just a little too tough so i, I hate to lump them together because and it's not i'm not even taking digs at them like no these guys play great they, they play great like this is but this is super hard 500 guys or 400 and something guys get to play at the nba level at any given time it's really hard man and if you're just not all the way there it, it can be hard and that's why you're gonna look great in the g league and it might be harder at the nba level and, you know, in David Duke Jr.'s case, and in both these players, but, you know, 25% harder at the NBA makes the results 50% worse, right? Like, it's not a one-to-one -one about what the impact is. And in David Duke Jr.'s case, obviously, um, I think his biggest problem is the on-the-ball isn't good enough and the off-ball shooting isn't good enough, right? Like, it's, it's the one or the other. One of these things has to be good enough to translate. Last note before we get out here, the Brooklyn Nets gave uh, Jalen Wilson, who's at the top, the two-way contract. The other two-way contract right now is Raekwon Gray which I find a little bit surprising, especially when you watch the summer league results on him. He continues to be a guy. He's built. The comparison is just based on how he's built. Nothing else about it. But he's built like Zion Williamson, right? Like he's he, he's this stocky 265-pound frame. And everything that you watch with him, though, is like a little bit hesitant. And then when he does commit, it's a little overcommitted, right? We saw the flash in the one game last year, knocks down all those threes. I understand, I think, f fundamentally why the Nets have given him the two-way contract because, again, he, in theory, represents something that the NBA roster could use right now. I have yet to be <laughs> convinced that he can translate those things forward, and that means the Nets still do have another two-way contract remaining. Do any of those last four guys that we've discussed, do you earmark any of them to have a chance to pick up that third one? I would, I personally would give it to Chandler if he's if he's eligible for that one, um, right. which I think he is. And so, just because I think he represents the most upside, um, that's where I would go with it. The gray would think I'm with you. I, I don't really understand it. I, I just don't know what has been shown here that makes you think that like this is going to be the guy you want on the two way. I, he's, he's not even yeah. starting in summer league. <laughs> like I know I, that, know that was a mind blowing thing too. It's not like if you, you give him the two way, then then start him and give him the big role and you know what i mean i, I just, so he's a little bit of a head scratcher for me again on paper his skill set like he is a good passer he shows good court vision but it just never gets put together for a consistent chunk of time where you can rationalize that and i think my last note is that all of this being said you're still waiting on Derek whitehead obviously Clowney is a ways away right now jalen wilson that is the guy out of summer league that represents real value potentially for the Brooklyn Nets roster. We're still waiting. I think to your point about Chandler makes sense to have him because then you're controlling him and you can always use him in something else, right? Because other teams may be interested in a player like that. Beyond that right now, I think we have real question marks about how the Nets are going to bring up some young talent during the season and continue to develop them at the NBA level. Yeah, uh, gotta, um, we'll be back later in the week talking about, I think there's two more summer league games left, right? So there's, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of break it down. I suspect we see the same starting lineup for 
uh, the next game, and then maybe they switch it up for the last one. I think that's typically how it goes. We're also tomorrow going to cover some of the stuff that's been coming out around Detroit with some of the Damian Lillard stuff, so we'll see where the Nets fit in there. Go ahead. Okay. Later in the week, little in-season tournament conversation. I think we got to get we got to get in on that, buddy. They broke down the three brackets of the Eastern Conference. We could also spend like an entire week talking about whether you, the average person, could score a single point at the NBA oh, level. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> we should have a better part of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> spent a better part of my life getting into that one. Uh, so it's a lot of stuff to talk about here later in the week. Make sure you're oh. following Locked On Nets wherever you subscribe to podcasts and wherever you subscribe. Or excuse me, there's only one place and to subscribe over on YouTube. So make sure you, it's totally free for you. It really just helps us. It's the number one way to help us. Just subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Subscribe over on YouTube. It's all you got to do, and you'll have Locked On Nets with you every day. I am in the habit of looking not so much to the nature of the gift as to the spirit in which it is given. That's Robert Louis Stevenson by care of Wilson Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> One of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Basketball, 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 Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.